0: Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Contagious Smile. I am Victoria. My husband is here with us, Michael. Hi, babe. Hi, babe. Howdy. Oh, he just is so full of light and love right now. Um, We are still in the Domestic Violence Awareness Month. However, I wanted to take a moment. It's the last day. No, it's not. It's tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 31st. That's the last day. When did that happen? every October. Anyway, so I wanted to take a moment because I think everybody knows that I have advocated for special needs families, no matter what their age are, for going on almost 18 years now. And I just want to say that a lot of people in the medical community, I'm going to put this out as a trigger. I'm going to put their, you know, all of the don't let kids listen because there's gonna be beep, beep, beep words in here, whatever, I'm just gonna say, and I think a lot of moms in this community are gonna say, oh my God, yes, our healthcare system is screwed the hell up, period, exclamation point, big font, highlighted, bold italics, whatever else you wanna add to it because when you're trying to get a child or a teenager or someone you love in need, of medical assistance, regardless of what it is, and you can't get them into a facility that can render aid to them because you don't have the qualifying insurance or you have to get a a waiver done or you have to be pre-authorized. That to me, I'm sorry kids, go out of the room for a minute, is utter bullshit, it is. It is not okay that people want to line their wallets more than help the hearts of others. My husband and I have been doing the boarding and breeding of these beautiful golden retrievers and funding it out of our own pocket. We have sacrificed so much to make sure that we're able to do this. How many little baby doggies have we given away total now altogether? It's like five or six, mm-hmm. if not a little more, maybe seven. That we've given away and it's cost us, but we haven't said anything. We want to pay it forward and help others. While trying to advocate for an individual, I reached out and was trying to expeditiously get a young lady into a facility so desperately needed. And no matter where I started to turn to try to expedite this process, The first question was, does the family have insurance? What insurance do they have? Oh, well, they meet all the criteria, but we don't accept that. But on the other side of the country, they might, but we don't. And then you go to the next facility and it's the same thing. And you tell them, you've got to render aid to this individual. We've got to get them in the forefront. And it's, no, we have not the proper insurance coverage, whatever their answer is. And then it just goes down from there. Well, this past week, last week, I had to take Faith back to the emergency room. And I'll tell you what, it is, I don't even know, babe, what you want to say about the hospital. I used to be the biggest cheerleader for the hospital that we have worked so carefully and so closely with all these years. And it has gone to hell in a handbasket because when we were admitted last month we had issues because doctors don't speak to one another even when they're rounding uh they don't put their notes in in a timely manner it took us over 24 hours to even get blood uh labs back with the results and we're inpatient. um nobody knows whether to to shit or get off the pot at this point no they know how to play their damn social media phones Oh, absolutely. Everybody was on social media. Uh, my husband even went out and said, my daughter is bleeding from the head. And they were like, whose patient is it? Whose patient is it? And instead of being like, okay, and jumping up to to come in, they were all, oh, well, let's find out who our nurse is. And they're all on there talking about the whatever and social media, social media on their phones, not doing their jobs. You always see them at the nurse's center. And there's some fantastic nurses out there. I don't know where they went. Um, But uh, this past week, we were going in for a scheduled CAT scan. And our daughter decided that she was not going to eat or drink and decided to uh, pretty much pass out as we were standing in registration. And so I immediately asked for assistance of a wheelchair because, as you know, I'm one arm down. And I needed help to get her in the wheelchair and wheel her to the ER department. And everybody's looking at each other like, well, what does she want? Is she speaking in English? Um, What? And I'm like, I need help right now. I need a wheelchair. And nobody is doing anything except looking at each other. And that is not acceptable. Finally, I get a wheelchair. It's one of those ones you have to push in to make it go and let go to make it stop. And I was like, can somebody help me take her just down the hall? I'm not asking you guys to like run a marathon or anything and help me get her into the ER department. Now, any moms that are special needs know if they have certain situations with their kids that they sometimes are given a color. We were given a code, we were given what's called a red, which means that faith basically went ahead of anyone that wasn't in a immediate life-threatening situation due to um, everything she had going on at one point in time. So we get into the ER and as we're standing there they're like oh you need to go register and I said do you understand that I just had my child basically black out right here in your facility she still has to go and register. So okay, we register. And I said, she can't be out in the general public with all these kids coughing and sick and blah, blah, blah. And still nothing. So then she is profusely vomiting and nobody seems to care. They wanted to wait on her. They put her in the chair and she is literally dressed. She has on, she has learned these tricks of the trade. She's wearing combat boots and she has a sweatshirt wrapped around and she has her, her satchel in her lap and any and everything she could possibly do to add some weight on and she is doing that. And so then they're like, okay, go wait in the other waiting room and they'll call you whenever. So the other ladies that were in there, their moms with the kids are like, I've been here for six hours. One said seven hours. And she had a um, child who had uh, a laceration, if you will, on her face. And I told her, I said, she's like, I can't understand why I've been here for so long. You know, I want to get the best care for her. And I said, look, you advocate. I don't know what room I'm going to be in. You can come and try and find us. Uh, You are her voice. You need to advocate for her. You need to get whatever you need. If you want plastics to come down and take a look at her, then that's what you need to do. And you don't back off. You're not here to make friends. So we finally get to a room and... We are there a solid three hours, and we still have no IV. We still have no um, labs drawn, and our daughter is sick. She's extremely dehydrated, and they aren't doing anything. Well, the first thing that they did do was they brought in all sorts of stuff, uh, the lab tubes for the blood draw, uh, a bunch of needles, and... Put them right beside her, basically, and left the, the left the room and left them for a good 15 minutes or so. Well, I had asked for the IV team because they knew her the best and they could get a line in, especially being dehydrated. You know, it's going to be a little harder to get an IV started, and she's already a hard uh, stick anyway. So after waiting yet almost another hour, and we're at hour four, We still have nothing. So the nurse comes in and I said, Are you even able to put in a line? Uh, I guess. And she's an RN. And I said, Well, could you at least try? Because she needs to get some fluids in her. And she's like, Let me go up and check the board. Let me go change the board. Yeah, that's what I meant. I got to change the board and I'll be back. I'm like, So you're leaving to go change the board and then you're going to come back. So she comes back and she looks at me and says, Hey, Do you think I need a 22 or a 24 for her? And I said, let's do a 24. Oh, I don't have those. Let me go get them. So then she goes and gets those and comes back. She's like, oh, I forgot the flushes. I'll be right back. Are you kidding me? Snoopy could do this. So finally she comes back in. She puts the the, the needle in and tries so whatever you want to call it to get an iv started she doesn't get any kind of flashback and she's fishing profusely under faith's skin so faith is in pain and and this is not going well so i said you know what we're we're done like you're not even hitting a vein just we're done so i decide that i'm going out to the station the the nurse's station to ask what i can do because everybody's sitting around everybody is sitting around they must have been honest to god 25 people at the state at the nurse's station sitting around gossiping talking drinking out of their little tumblers on their phones doing whatever and I'm sitting here literally I mean literally waiting on my child to get some hydration so I go up and I said look my child has been four hours this is not acceptable somebody needs to put the IV in well, the IV team you requested is being debriefed and it's going to be a little bit, okay, so nobody else here can put in an IV. There's nobody else inside the hospital that can put in an IV. Uh, yeah. And I was like, this is not going to happen. This is not acceptable. I'm not happy with how this is going. Somebody needs to step it up because if you guys were totally, you know, swamped, then all of you wouldn't be sitting around with your thumbs in your butt. Sorry. So finally, they bring someone in, then they bring someone else in, then they bring someone else in. And Faith, bless her heart, is just bruised up from nine attempts to get this IV in. And had she not been so severely dehydrated, I would have told them where they could have put the stuff. So when they finally got the IV in, they couldn't get a drawback on any blood. So they said, well, we're going to stick her again just to do the draws for the blood. So I asked for the phlebotomy team to come in and the phlebotomist comes in and whole, you know, goes right up and gets it, gets the labs out and that's it. So I said, how long is it going to be before we'll get the results? Cause it's, you know, in the afternoon, she's like, I'll take them down there myself. She was fantastic. Fantastic. So then they they decide, okay, we're going to start the labs. Well, my daughter's stomach is hurting and she asks for motrin the nurse says we don't do iv motrin we don't do any kind of thing similar to motrin through the iv which is a bunch of horse crap so they do toradol which is kind of the same thing and it's not narcotic and so they bring someone in from the pharmacy she has a pharmacy tag on and try to hand her pills and i said to them I said I'm gonna do this as nice as I can did you read her chart and she was like no well it says on there she can't swallow a pill oh and that's all she said so she walks out and then somebody else comes back in and says why can't she do the pill and I said well we have an oral aversion she has a small airway she's never swallowed pills they always either compound them or I used to put it in the feeding tube or she does it liquid and they said well this medication doesn't come in liquid or sorry, this medication doesn't come in an IV option. And I said, Toradol does come in an IV option. So then they come back finally with it. They do an exam before when she would be dehydrated, they would give her two bags open wide. They'd run it wide open and it took about an hour to run it. And she would be good to go. They would do Zofran intravenously and She'd be hydrated. We'd be great. We'd be back to where we need to be. So they tell me today, oh, they told us back then, sorry, they told us then, well, we're only going to run one bag over an hour, and that's it, and we'll give her Zofran, and that's it, because we do it based on weight, and so we're not going to do any more than that. I am beside myself at the lack of professionalism, I did tell them, I said, this is why all the good surgeons and doctors have left or are leaving. Um, nobody communicates with each other. Everybody's up there more concerned with social media than they are of the well-being of the kids. And this just goes to show that our medical system has gone to hell in a handbasket, literally. I have so many families that literally are so frustrated because they want the proper care for their kid and they can't get it. I mean, my husband is is... Pretty new to this side of the medical stuff, and am, am I wrong with what I'm saying, babe? Of course not. You're never wrong. I'm so glad I got that recorded. <laughs> but I mean, is it not frustrating from a father's point of view? It's, it's extremely frustrating because it's like they don't care. I mean, it's and it's not lining their own wallets. I mean, they're you know, it, and it's not. What about taking care of the kids? Who cares? It's not their wallet that's going to be lined about the insurance. I mean, the people came in to register us prior to ever seeing a doctor. And now, like, if you go to a restaurant, you know, oh, I, babe, now, like, when you go to a restaurant and they text you, your table is ready. Now they text you and say, the doctor's running about 35 minutes behind before they can enter into your room you may now complete your registration online. My daughter is in an ER bed. Screw your online registration, bring me in the person that I know will at least be prompt. And that would be the person getting the insurance information. And they, they're like, oh, here's another text message, blah, 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 blah. Are we going out for dinner? or Are we trying to make our children better? That's the question I have to say. And if nobody wants to get up in arms with this situation, I sure as shit will. Because it is unacceptable that our loved ones, our little boys and girls, our kids, are having to endure this. And I'm telling you, I got the nickname Pitbull for a reason. If you don't treat my family the way they need to be treated and provide them the medical care that they need... I'm, I'm going to come out because and I'm going to pitch a fit because I am their medical advocate. I'm their medical power of attorney. I'm going to keep going until I get what I need for my children. I won't. If they need it, they're going to get it. If they don't need it, that's a whole different ballgame. We're not in there asking for playoff tickets. We're not in there asking for, you know, Super Bowl seats. We're in there asking to rehydrate our child or give us the results of lab work. That clearly states on the door, it takes about an hour to receive the results. And 24 hours later, we're still waiting. This is not acceptable healthcare in the United States. I know other countries have better healthcare than us. And this is just freaking ridiculous. And I know I'm ranting and I'm on a rampage, but I know everyone who's a parent and in that community of special needs has been exactly where I am. And they don't have anyone to vent to and to let loose of the frustration that comes with it. Well, you do. And I'm here. And if you have questions, concerns, or need help getting stuff done, just like getting your IEP done, you know, there are so many laws that are on the parent side that people don't know about, like accountability, they have to show you the attendance records. These momos, they don't show you the attendance records most of the time. They just say, "Oh yeah, your kid's been getting these services." Really? Well, show me work product. And then they have, uh, which way did they go, George? They have no idea what they're gonna do because they don't think that you, as a special needs parent, have the knowledge of what is available, and they don't expect you to hold them to the fire about it. And that's why I do what I do is because these kids need vocalization, and even though. We have a majority of the parents that are very strongly vocal for their kids. They don't know what else is out there that they have the right to. And again, that's where I come in. So I'm just saying our healthcare system sucks, period. You know, I am grateful for the fact that there are some things, but when you have to say, my child is in need of medical attention and they say, we understand, but who's in your wallet? That's the basics of this whole thing. That's what this should be called. Who's in your wallet? What insurance is in your wallet? Because if we don't get paid, we don't let you in. So who's in your wallet? What's that credit card that goes, what's in your wallet? Right in the Capital One or something like that? Well, who's in your wallet? Because whoever your insurance carrier is better be, you know, like the elite insurance or, you know, you're not getting the care that you desperately deserve and need for your children. What are they going to do next when you go into labor? Ah, ah, keep your legs closed. What's coming up? Wait, wait, who are you insured with? Oh, we don't carry them. You're going to have to keep your legs closed and keep the contractions going and go, you know, across the country because they might take your insurance, but we don't. However, if you want to self-pay at $2100 a day or $1800 a day, you know, and we're not these Hollywood moguls that have all this unlimited amount of funds, then what do you plan on doing? Oh, you we can make payments, but we have to make payment arrangements prior to performing any services that you may need. Are you kidding me right now? I think that the majority of these people need proctology exams because their head is in their ass. I'm sorry. I know I'm using a lot of profanity. My beautiful soulmate is shaking his head and smiling right now. Why are you shaking your head and smiling right now like that? Because you're not sorry. Well, I facetiously stated I was sorry. But I mean, if these people, if it was them, if it was them who needed this, you best believe that when they're not doing each other in the on-call rooms, that they would be getting the medical treatment that they need. You know, this isn't where you get McDreamy, McSteamy, and all that other stuff. This is our kids. Our kids. Be quiet. And everywhere, he's making fun of my, my, my choice of words. But... Everywhere we go, what do we see in the news now? Um, A middle school homecoming dance had somebody bring a gun. Uh, A five-year-old gorgeous little boy literally was found in a dumpster, deceased. Another woman was found on the side of the road, burned alive. You have a gorgeous canine dog that was stabbed to death during an armed robbery. And... Every single day, we're hearing more and more violence around these kids, and these kids need to have proper health care, and that includes mental health. That goes into it. What are you saying? I said I love you. (laughs) You got this one, babe. Thanks, babe. Do you have anything else to say about it? Thank y'all for listening to my wife. Oh, that's really sweet. What? They're giving me a break. Ah, that's not funny. Love you. That's not funny. All I'm saying is we need to unite together as one and make a change, make a difference. And I am well aware that it's still Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I am going to do another podcast for this before the end of the month, which is tomorrow. But I understand the frustration that goes with this. I am here if you guys want to send messages how I can help, I'll try any way that I can, but it doesn't end with the advocation. It doesn't end with, okay, here's the beginning of a treatment plan, and then they think the parent goes away. We have to be front and center and active to make sure that they, our kids, get what they need. Our kids are so behind the eight ball in so many different ways that it is not okay. And we need to be upfront, we need to be proactive, and we need to tell them to hell with, with to hell with what's in our wallet. How about taking care of our kids as if they were yours? I appreciate you guys letting me ramble on tonight. I again, you can reach out to us at acontagioussmile.com. You can reach out to me, and I'll happily write you guys back. But I guarantee that even if you don't have kids, at some point in time in your life, whether it be you. Another loved one, maybe a loved one that's of an elder age or a really close friend has had some sort of mishap in the medical community and you understand where I'm coming from. But when it's your child, it's on a whole other level. And we've got to get where our kids matter in the medical facility more than what's in your wallet. That's what I'm going to end this with. Our kids need to matter more than what's in your wallet, meaning what insurance is in that wallet that can pay everything that we want to be paid on before we render care to your child. I thank you guys for listening, and I hope you guys stay safe and have a great evening.